Welcome to the Hybrid Pub Scout podcast with me, Emily Einolander. We're mapping the publishing frontier with stories of publishing past, interviews with publishing professionals of today, and peeks into publishing's future. Today's guest has created a new way to track your reading, discover new books, and we're about to find out what else. Nadia Odaio is the founder and CEO of The Storygraph, the new website that helps you track your reading and choose which book to read next. She previously worked at Pivotal Labs as a software engineer and originally learned to code at Makers Academy in London. In her spare time, she loves to take dance class and naturally read. Welcome, Nadia. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's just start out uh, by asking how you're surviving lockdown and staying sane and launching your product at the same time. <laughs> it has definitely been wild. There's been a lot. Um, I think the main thing is taking time for me. So I'm still dancing. So there are a lot of online dance classes, either via Instagram or Zoom, believe it or not. So I make sure to do um, at least one of those a week when I can, sometimes more. I'm making, I've got an, you know, an hour reading slot in my calendar, which I try and do nearly every day. So things like that really, really help. I make a nice lunch most days. All these kind of things are helping me, you know, stay sane and survive while doing all the story graph work. Yeah, I, I uh, admire how you schedule in your reading to make sure it happens. <laughs> I have to do that because otherwise it's very easy for me to just not do it or to leave it until just before I go to bed and then I'm really tired. So I fall asleep having hardly read anything. I do love I do love a uh, weekend morning with my book. That's one of my favorite times. <laughs> Saturday morning reading time, the best. <laughs> so could you give us a little summary of what the Storygraph is, why you started it, and what makes it unique? I can. So um, the Storygraph is, as you said in the intro, the, the place to help you choose your next book. And we want to do that based on your mood, so how you're feeling, the sort of thing you're looking for, and also the topics and themes that you're um, looking for, interested in, generally like to read about. Um, in terms of why I started it, I didn't directly set out to build a whole book tracking website. Um, in fact, I had a side project that was just to help you track and share your reading lists. I was using Goodreads and it was just meant to be a, a companion app to that almost. Uh, but what happened was when I started showing early versions of that side project to people, there was a lot of yeah, this seems cool, but not a real need. And so I said, I'm really enjoying building something that's based on books. Um, so but this is not it on its own. So let me just start talking to more people and figure out what is it. And that just ended up becoming this more holistic, initially recommendations and then tracking product. So I've just been kind of following the, the, the customer research on that. And um, what makes it unique um, I think that, yeah, on its surface, it sounds like a lot of things out there, book tracking and recommendations. But I think the main thing that myself and my co-founder, Rob, uh, are focusing on is really making it personal, the recommendations and the experience. So especially with regards to how you get the recommendations. So we have... Um, a short survey that you can fill out and you can fill it out in two seconds if you want, check a few boxes or you can take some time and there's a free text box. And in there you can list the topics, the themes, even the tropes, the, the kind of authors you're looking to read. And we then try and find the books that match um, what you've basically expressed in your survey. 
Um, on top of that, you can change that survey whenever you like. So through my original research, I found a lot of people said, you know, wherever I get recommendations from, you know, whether that was Amazon, whether that was Goodreads, whether, whether that was another site, they didn't feel like they felt like it was a guess and it was a, a poor guess a lot of the time. And so we sort of said, and, and, and also there's been growing distrust with algorithms and things like that. Um, but I also started the story graph. One of the earliest versions of the website was were, were personal manual recommendations. So me recommending books to tens of tens and tens of people, and that doesn't scale. So what we're trying to do is find the like the sweet spot between leveraging the power of an algorithm, but not trying to guess and keep it personal to you. And so the survey is almost like you're talking to our algorithm. You're saying, hey. Um, I am in the mood for this. I, I, I like reading about th these kind of things, um, these kind of genres. Um, I don't want to read about, I don't, I'm not in the mood for anything that's sad or anything that's funny, or I just want this. And, and we, we show you books. And so I think that's what's unique. It's we're really trying to almost set up a conversation between our product and our algorithm to get you the best recommendations out there. I do love that you can go back and change what's in your uh, what's in your survey because I know that when I'm doing book research about things that I'm not necessarily interested in, it just destroys all mm -hmm. of my algorithms and none <laughs> of it's for me anymore. It's just for whatever project I've been reading. Occasionally, I'll just be like, I can't, that, I, I have to open an incognito window or just like not look yes. it up at all because it's going to like make me look like a bad person or something like that. <laughs> But um, I, yeah, I like that there's more of a uh, emphasis on what the person actually says they want. You've talked a little bit about the features of the story graph and um, what are some of the ones that you found people are particularly excited about? So there are, it's, it, 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 it's on two scales. There are big features that people are excited about and there are also some smaller ones. So in terms of the big ones, people are definitely excited about our recommendations, which is great. Um, but on top of that, we have this thing called live recommendations. So you fill out your survey, but on the recommendation page, there is a filter menu and you can say right now in this instance, I feel like, and you can select the moods, the book size, the genres, show me this genre, don't show me that genre, show me books, um, you can say, yes, keep in books that I have already marked as to read, or I don't want to see anything I have already marked as to read or that I own. I want to see something new. So we give you that flexibility and you can do that like instantly. Um, right now, everyone can do that unlimited, but we're going to eventually put that into a, a paid plan, which I might talk about later because it's just very costly to run <laughs> but um with people who who don't pay for the site will still be able to use it we're just going to have to put some form of a limit on that um another thing stats so our statistics we have a, a stats page and you've got pie charts and bar charts on um what moods you tend to read um the pace fast, slow, medium paced books, the size of the books, fiction, nonfiction. And you can look at that over all time on a per year basis or on a month by month basis. Um, and so people are really excited about that. And again, another feature, which is, which is going to be in our, our paid plan is the fact that you can compare two slices side by side. And so we're giving people insights into the type of books they choose using in some cases, vocabulary that they didn't know how to express before, particularly with the moods. Um, and then another feature that we have is reading challenges. So people have been doing reading challenges um, be it before the story graph existed. Um, 
and what we just provide a place to track it auto automatically so um you can join either challenges that are already out there. So we've got like book riots challenge on there or reading women, or we as the story graph host a few challenges each year. Um, or you can create your own and keep it private to yourself. Say there's a certain uh, list of books you wanna work through, or you wanna try and read more nonfiction, whatever the goal is, you can construct your own challenge and give it a time frame or leave it open. Um, and then you get all these, you get a nice dashboard with all your progress bar. So, so those are, three of the big features that people are excited about. Um, and then there are more features that are built into other parts of the site that people really love. Um, one, of, one of which is um, content warnings. So when you do your review, you can tag which, uh, tag types of content that appear in the book with a severity level. So you can say, you know, we had graphic of this, we had moderate mentions of this and very minor, but it's, it was still in there. And what this means is that people, before they can go into a book, have a sense of, is this something I want to avoid? And what we hope to do, the reason why we introduce that is because we see a future where in the survey, you can say, I don't like content. I don't want to read content that features X, Y, Z. And then we will not recommend you those books. And, and No killing else. the dog. <laughs> exactly. We had animal cruelty. Was when, we, when I did my research on this, uh, I got a long list of content warnings. It's a very, it's not a fun spreadsheet to read through, but like in the top five or was, was animal cruelty, animal abuse. That is something that people um, really don't want to read about. And then just two other uh, quick ones to mention that are very small features, but people, some people say, this is it for me. This is why I love the story graph. DNF button. So to be able to start reading a book and then go, did not finish as a, as a status at the same like level as currently reading or to read, to have DNF there is very important to people. Mm. And then the quarter stars. So we have half and quarter stars. So we're giving you a lot more granularity in rating. And those are a couple of features. Those last two are ones that are smaller, but for some people they're like everything. And it's really fun to see people make stories or tweets and say, this is life-changing for me or game-changing. And it's like, wow, okay, cool. Yeah, there's so many times that I'll look at, um, you know, Goodreads uh, reviews where they're like, I wish I could give this half a star, half an extra star, but I gave it this much instead, but I don't really think so. Or <laughs> for me with the uh, do not uh, the DNFs, I would just, I had like a tag that I yes. would, one of my shelves on Goodreads was like, these are the ones I didn't finish. But it, yeah, that seems more like of a, a good way to put your, point across and remind you that you actually weren't interested in something <laughs> later yeah. down the line when you've forgotten whether you've read it or not um, <laughs> as one gets <Yes>. older. <laughs> Have you ever seen a website called doesthedogdie.com? People, when I was doing my research for um, uh, the, co the content warnings, I think people said mm -hmm. that sent that to me as a resource for yeah. thinking about how to go about it. I never watch a horror movie anymore without looking at that first. Yes. <laughs> You've been very consistent about interacting with your audience through Instagram Live and a regular MailChimp newsletter. Um, why did you make the decision to have that much audience input, interaction with your audience as well, and transparency about your process? And what benefit do you feel like you've gotten out of it? Through my work um, at Pivotal Labs, and I, I'm a big consumer of startup stories, like how I built this is my favorite podcast. I've, and, and just through the people I've worked with as well, I've learned the importance of customer research and how essentially, if you have a good customer research set up, it's very hard to go wrong. Um, and so from the beginning, 
and and I you see that with the beginning of the the story graph itself when I did the side project with the the reading list to track and share them and I spoke to five people and the reception was lukewarm so rather than staying attached to that idea I put it aside and said okay let me just talk to people and I spoke to people for a few months and so um I realized that it you know it's very important to to to, to, because there's so much out there to do. There's so much potential. There's so there's so many ideas and ways that products can go, and also many products fail. And so, it, for me, it was a, a thing of if I want to increase the chances of success of whatever I'm going to do, I'm really going to have to connect and engage with with potential customers and with readers to build the best product for them. It's rare that we release a feature that isn't met with excitement, um, that is full of bugs because it's been like tested and checked and and also that isn't intuitive to you so I'll give you an example when I did custom tags on the site first of all it was months of people saying oh I want shells you know for, think coming from the Goodreads side and we pushed back against that a bit because we we knew that was coming from a immediate reaction of I've just come from Goodreads I want shelves and so we were like we need to we can't just say okay so even and then as time developed we started to hear I have thousands of books on my to read it's really hard to filter through them or I can't remember um why I added this to my to read like differently and we started to to see we were you know drawing all these things out and we said oh having some way to like tag a a book would solve a lot of these problems um some of them are going to be can be solved with more built-in features like who recommended this book to me or now we have additions tagging a a saying switching to the audiobook format or the digital format but before that step we were like hey if we do tags it solves all of these problems and more wish lists things like that um and so so I, you know, I started asking people about their needs and pain points with that. And then when I came to do it, I said, well, how do people, how would this work best in terms of how people use the site? And so I did tweet saying, here's how we're thinking it's going to work. What do you think? So people were like, oh yes, what about this? What about that? And so by the time it was delivered on the whole, obviously there were still things to improve and there still are, but on the whole, people understood how to use it. There weren't a lot of complaints or confusion. It was like, ah, finally tags are here. And so the benefit is having that kind of really smooth um, release cycle that uh, excites people and really fits in with what they need or ex- want from the product. And then the side benefit is that we're kind of building this, um, well, not kind of, we are building this loyal fan base of invested users. You know, when I ask for feedback, um, when I do custom interviews and something that comes up, even if I don't directly ask about it is, oh, I love how you're um, bringing us into the process and how I can, you know, um, I can give my suggestions on Instagram or on Twitter, or I love following the newsletter. So that comes up quite a lot. And so people feel part of the journey. And so that also helps with people giving their time and being open and honest with the feedback because they know that they're being listened to. Yeah, that's that's very special. That's actually something that made me more interested in like looking into the story graph. I was like, wow, this is such a collaborative process. I love it. Oh, Why not, man. right? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, so it's a combination of of tags that you have put out there, but then people can also add their own tags for their own benefit. Right now that it's it's all private tags, but oh, I, okay. I do see a future of some form of public collaborative tags for people to so someone said recently i want to know which books are available on um audible or on kindle or in or various other places or uh, sometimes with themes or tropes things like that it 
it's, you know, you don't need each person to find it. You can have a crowdsourced kind of thing. And so this came up before we delivered the feature and I was nervous to go straight into public collaborative tags because it could be messy. You need to figure out how people use it. So for now it's private, but I do see us having some form of visible public collaborative tags, perhaps we'll see. Um, might I'll take do a little, research. <laughs> <laughs> might take a little bit of moderation if you're having mm, people. <laughs> Not exactly. that it sounds like you really trust your audience though. I mean, yeah, we're doing something that we're thinking of doing soon is enabling any user to add in um, missing where there's missing page numbers or there's no cover attached to a book, being able to add it in, not add it, edit it afterwards. That will be reserved for our volunteer librarians. But we're kind of like, well, having some pages is better than no pages. And if a page number is wrong, someone will eventually see it. So, well, yeah, we, we're trying to, it's that balance between like trust and making an experience that's self-service but also like accurate. <laughs> and <laughs> so keeping it safe for your, uh, yes. yeah, for your readers. Okay, so what was the most difficult part of the development process or so far, what has been the most difficult? <laughs> I think it's, you know, following on from the customer research discussion and having a growing audience, it's balancing having a vision and not being emotionally tied to a vision or thinking that, yes, this is the way, you've got to be prepared to move, but also keeping the product streamlined. Um, so you've got a lot of different inputs, people saying, oh, this and this and that. And it's working out, okay, what fits in with the vision of this product, which we don't want to do too many things. We want it to do some things really, really well. We also want to bring in our customers and make them feel listened to, but we can't just do everything everyone says because then you've got a product that does too many things and it's not clear and it's cluttered. Um, and then it's also being patient, uh, balancing those two things with being patient on the journey. So for example, we have a lot of people asking for things that I know it's a shortcoming that we don't have it yet, or I know it's coming, but it's just not the highest priority right now. And maybe to the person who asks is their biggest pain point, but in the grand scheme of things, it has to come lower down. Um, what's it called? The flagpole. Is that, is that what it's called? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lower down the flagpole, whatever, it, whatever the pecking order. Um, and so um, that's the hard thing. And it's, it's being patient, not only amidst people asking for various things and, and um, me just dealing with like, it's coming and just being okay with people having to wait and not getting anxious about that, but also me being patient and not trying to rush things to show, oh, we're on it. We've got it. You know what? I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hold, it's, it's holding your own boundaries and, yeah. and the line of what's best for the product without uh, making people feel like they're devalued since you have created this relationship. Right. And also not trying to rush to get things out to show we, we, we know we've got this on our radar. We know it's coming. Um, I think sometimes people can look at the product and think this is the product. Okay. And it's not oh, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have this. And it's like, it's coming, really? And I've just got to tell myself, it's all right, Nadia, you just be patient, you keep delivering. If people drop off because the product doesn't do what they need right now, hopefully they'll come back. And, and we're seeing that over the months, people go, oh, you didn't have additions and the, the ability to switch between them. I'm coming back or you didn't have this and now you have that. So I've got to be patient on that journey too. And that's just the hardest part, just keep it, keeping all of those different inputs um, in mind and just, yeah, pacing myself and the product. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a very good idea of you to early on introduce the, uh, the tutorial for exporting your Goodreads list because 
I don't know if I ever would have gone near it because I'd be like, all of my stuff is over here. <laughs> how am I going to, uh, how am I going to start anew after like 15 years of being on Goodreads? <laughs> That's part of the prioritization challenge. It's balancing things like when people say, I want, um, I want to be able to sort my books by author, which we still don't have yet, to can I just load in my Goodreads and give it a go? So we're balancing, but Goodreads was up there because it was like, how are you going to get people who've used Goodreads for years? And I'm one of those people, you know, I had used it from 2012 to 2020, eight years, um, to move over when you've built up a lot of information and organization and history and readers, particularly readers when you've been tracking your reading for that long, you care about that history. That's why you track it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that that's how part of the prioritization question. It's okay, what's gonna help people give it a go? What can people survive with for now? And it's all those mm -hmm. kind of uh, questions and decisions we, we need to make. Mm -hmm. um, being able to keep people there as well. Um, so what kind of experience do you want people to have on the story graph? two things come to mind. One is what, walking into a bookshop and feeling like on the whole, the bookshop is just for you, but there's also a chance for coming across something that's different. So I think the whole recommendation piece being front and center and the moods and that kind of stuff that, that we want you to feel like you're browsing and you're seeing all these books like, wow, it, you know, this just is so perfect for me. It touches all the things I like to read and all that kind of stuff. But then we also have the browse book section, which is like, it's all the books on there and you can filter by mood and things that you, you, you know, pace all the sort of normal things. And so that might be imagining this bookshop where you walk in, maybe the first floor is just for you. And then you can go to your different favorite genre sections and say, Oh, and here's, you know, and just whatever you pick up from the shelf, you have confidence that you're going to love it. And you, you're not quite sure maybe when you pick it up, what the elements are inside that you're going to love, but you know, you have, trust that you're going to love it, you know, take a, take a lot away from it. And then maybe there's another floor where it's like a whole range of different books from different, different subject matters, different authors, uh, just a whole range of variety. And then you can just have fun and feel comfortable, cozy, taking your time to look around and find something different to read. And so that there's that kind of um, experience that I want people to have. And then I also want the story graph to feel like, and this is again, particularly when you are choosing that next book like you're having a sit down with a close trusted friend but that close trusted friend knows about all the books in the world <laughs> so you can say hey like how you doing I've just finished this I'm in the mood for this and they go bing and like it's the best book uh so those are the two things that come to mind when I think about the kind of experience um but it, it boils down to being personal personalized and comfortable and cozy I love that framework of a, of an online bookstore, even though it's not a store, but like mm -hmm. being able to walk in and uh, have those kinds of experiences that you really can only have in person, but also like we can't right now. I know. Good point. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a, maybe a little nice substitute for, um, for that experience or, you know, even after everything's over and you just don't want to leave your house, but you want some help picking a book. Um, that's not just based on some things you were researching one day and don't actually <laughs> want to read. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you find that, uh, people are surprised by the, uh, the types of books that they actually read versus the kind of books that they think that they read? 
we have two, we have, we have both sides. So we have, and this is going on the evidence from what people are, particularly what I'm seeing on Instagram stories. We get the group of people who are like, not surprised by this, but you know, yep, dark, mysterious, tense, fast paced, that's me. And great to have it validated kind of thing. And then we have the people who say, wow, I never knew how, so I think it's less surprised at what it is, but just saying I never knew how to talk about the kind of books I read. And now I can say, okay, I like emotional, reflective, slow paced books. And now I can go try and find more of those. So we don't really have people going surprised, like that's, that doesn't seem to fit. It would be more like a, like a revelation of, ah, yes, that, that makes sense. But there's still the surprise of it. I think there is a surprise, particularly when you just joined the site and you've imported your, your Goodreads and then you get this profile statement that kind of summarizes all the reading you've ever done. Um, I think there is a, it's a pleasant surprise, I would say, and giving people a new way to think about the kind of books that they go for. Well, I think people love learning new things about themselves too. And that's definitely a way to find out uh, a little peek into your own mind um, to discover what you, what you truly enjoy. Um, Spotify could take a lesson from you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Spotify does amazing stuff with their, their recommendations. And I've read a few pieces over, over the, um, over the years on how they do um, their recommendations. I've been to a couple of talks. One was by uh, Paul Lemire. Does some amazing talks on similar songs and how that some of that stuff works behind the scenes. It is amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, for the record, I love Spotify, but uh, they keep trying to make me listen to Greta Von Fleet and I just don't want to. So <laughs> I, I try to tell them, but. <laughs> uh, too bad they don't have that X that we have where you can say, don't show me this author again, or don't show me this book again. Mm-hmm. They only have it on their uh, like uh, release radar and discovery mm-hmm. ones. But yeah, I, I love that uh, ability to just be like, nope, I know it doesn't make sense that I don't <laughs> like this book or song like I should like it but I don't so that's an amazing thing um I don't want to turn this into a like me telling you all the features I want though (laughs) no not at all I didn't think that way (laughs) um so you say that you're trying to be very flexible with your vision according to what uh what is happening day by day and what you're hearing from people but what do you have as a vision currently for the storygraph if I think about, okay, there's a, like the product vision, there's the company mission, I guess. And then there's like maybe the business side of it. So um, in terms of the product vision, it, you know, being the best place to find the next book for you and best can be defined by the experience. So touching on, oh, it's just so lovely going into the story graph and this good. I look forward to whatever I have to do it. It's just such a nice experience. Um, and it could also be time taken. It doesn't take me long. It's not, it's not stressful. It's, it's so easy to just find a book. It takes me a, a minute or 30 seconds. So we're not trying to, uh, by the way, have people spend hours on the site and, and be like, we're not tracking that. And so that's not a goal for us. Like, okay, time spent on site is, you know, this many minutes a day, this many hours a day. We don't, we don't want that. Um, as Rob, Rob Frieda, who I work with said, um, in an Ask Me Anything session that we did on Instagram last week or so, he said, you know, if you came to the site once a month and you just were on it for 30 seconds and you got your next best book and then you went away and then you came back next month and you just spent 30 seconds and you just, it's your go-to place and it just makes you happy. Like that would be our dream. That would be amazing. But we just want to make, you know, make 
provide that experience for readers. Um, in terms of the company mission, there is a wider company mission, uh, which is to enhance the lives of avid readers everywhere and to inspire non-readers to get into reading. And I think, yeah, if I could look back at what the StoryGuff does, you know, going forward in terms of the, the websites, the products, whatever it ends up doing, if, we, if we're doing that, that would be amazing. Um, and we're already seeing, you know, messages from people who say, you know, I used to read, I fell off the bandwagon and your site excited me to get back into it and um, things like that. So that, that, is a, that is a dream or a vision. And then I guess in the business side, you know, I, I mentioned that we've got this, uh, the StoryGraph Plus launching next month uh, or launching in February. And um, if we could find a way to be independent, profitable, sustainable, such that, you know, we can, we can invest back in the company, we can, as founders, have a salary and we can hire people to come in and just make it even better. We don't need to take investment uh, or worry about, needing to get acquired or anything like that we know the the problems that come with that um in terms of companies being shut down or going stale this is what we definitely want to avoid then that would be amazing so if the story graph can exist independently um in the long term that that is a dream of ours as well we're all, we're all about like decentralizing things on uh, hybrid pub scout so we love yes. to see more more publishing companies more apps more uh, places where people can go and you know places where the people who are doing the actual business can thrive as well without yes. being beholden to uh, other entities so it sounds like you're not trying to make your product addictive in the same way that Facebook or Instagram or something like that is um, so what does that mean um, for maybe the social aspect or um, other features of it that you're trying to keep from being like keeping people on the site. Right. So we're not definitely, we don't want to make any kind of dark patterns and we don't want to make anything unhealthy. So we don't want anything where people feel like, Oh, I need to take a break from the story graph or um, I'm burnt out from the story graph. And so that's partly part of our decision also to not have commenting and chat and notifications we're trying to create a site that is, you know, uh, uh, as, as I say, a quieter, safer space on the internet. That's our, that's our goal. Um, and so when we think of, when I think about how that impacts um, the community side, so, so, so what I want to say on that is, despite that though, we still have people who spend a lot of time on the site, but the way they communicate about the time spent on that site, it feels very much like it's a choice and they're, they're enjoying it and it's giving them something because um, they, they get value from browsing books or seeing what their friends are reading. So it's, it's spoken of a, not as a, ah, I need to get a story graph. I, it's more like, a, oh, I had a wonderful time exploring. So if that happens, that's fine, but it's not our goal. And so we, we definitely want to distinguish between um, the dark patterns and the addictive in a way that is unhealthy and people feel like, oh no, story graph's tricking me or it's a trap, I need to get out, to we have a whole range of people, the person who just pops on once a month to check in and the person who chooses to spend a lot of time um, because they're just enjoying them. It's, 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 it feel, it's like it's, um, I don't want to say healing, but like it's like um, soothing. wholesome, soothing, it's, it's uh, therapeutic, uh, whatever it is, it, it's helpful to them. Um, and so then going on to community, so some, because we don't have the commenting chat notifications, um, you know, it's some people say, oh, that's it for, for community or social and story graph. 
And we say, no, we just want to try and be a bit creative about it. So there are certain things that that's cut that we want to do that that's coming. So for example, for example, being able to easily see, you know, people that you're following, see what they thought of a book first. I think that's a standard thing that's been on the list forever. But also things like someone messaged me recently. I want to see, you know, I'm doing a reading challenge. I want to see first the people who I follow, what they might have added to this challenge if they're also doing it. So I think we can be smart around um, um, how you feel the sense of community around you, you when you browse the site. Like this is this is my circle or whatever. Um, and then also I think there's ways to do groups without chat. So imagine an interface where there's a group of people and maybe you see your shared ratings or your shared like progress in a book or there are things that we can do. And finally, a feature that we're gonna, we're, we're, we started working on slowly that we're gonna bring out is the ability to find readers similar to you. And obviously because we have a lot more information on topics, themes, tropes, things like that, we can really hopefully help you say, hey, here are these people that you don't know about. You can follow them and find new books. And because it's not commenting chat, you don't end up having um, random messages from strangers trying to friend you. You don't really know about it. And also we, we do have privacy settings. So you can say, I want my profile to be private so no one can find me and I'm not matched with uh, no one, I don't show up as a recommendation for someone to follow. So you can do that too. Um, but the focus, yeah, we want to basically use community as a way, not for chatting or whatever, because there are other spaces to do that, but as a way to enhance book discovery. Um, and finally, because we aren't having chats and commenting on the site, we definitely have things on our roadmap to help people have conversations elsewhere. So perhaps integrating your Twitter or your Instagram profiles so that people can say, oh, okay, you did this review. Let me come and chat with you about it on Twitter or in other spaces, essentially. If people want to. If people want to, yes. of course. Um, so you're talking a lot about your relationship with the readers and the users. Um, what relationship, if any, do you see between the story graph and publishers, booksellers, authors, other people that are more on the production side of books, I guess, than on the uh, receiving side? We definitely um, want to eventually work with all of those groups that you've mentioned. We have had some of them reach out. Um, there's just a lot to do. We've still got a lot that we want to do first for the readers before we start introducing the other um, uh, publishers, booksellers. But um, we have a range of ideas with helping them better connect with readers. And it could be um, things like, yeah, how can you run a, a page or a space on the story graph? Um, which people can follow and buy into. So when I was doing my original research before I started building the story graph in that space between, oh, um, this app isn't quite it, but I wanna work in books and actually starting to work on what became the story graph. I went to a lot of, um, uh, and while I was talking to a lot of readers and book bloggers, I also went to lots of publishing events. I went to the London Book Fair and I went to some panel discussions. And I remember one, one panel I went to, um, and I can't remember who was on the panel, but there was a discussion um, about publishers and community and brand building. And someone on the panel, he said, you know, publishers um, still have a way to go in terms of connecting directly with the readers. So he said, people tend to know record labels that they like or um, it, um, film studios that they like, but publishers, it's not the same. Like if you were to go to someone and say, um, which publisher produced this book you're reading, his um, guess was that there would be a few proportion of people that would be aware of publishers that they 
who published the book they were reading or publishers that they loved in the same way that people are with, oh, you know, this film studio's just released their next film or this, I love this record label. They, you know, they've got a new, all the artists that they tend to sign really resonate with me. And so that got me thinking about, well, with the story graph, can we be that place where, you know, you put in the kind of moods and the things and stuff you like, and then a publisher's back catalog will end up having a profile, right? So can we, you know, sure. can we do stuff there? <laughs> yeah, so it should, maybe they do. And it's particularly with imprints, right? They, they, right. You know, they should. So can we match people? Can we can we introduce people to publishers that they haven't um, met before and it get people to that point where they're like, oh, I love this imprint. I love this publisher. New book out. Great. Um, and there's other things, which is like, how can we um, give insights into what readers are looking for? Like, uh, oh, is there a shortage of dark, um, dark, funny uh, science fiction that features strong character development, whatever it is, and to help publishers with what they're commissioning, you know? Yes. And we definitely want to be careful about that because we don't want to, you know, we're very, we don't do anything with our users' data and we, we want to make sure that whatever um, we do is like anonymized and opted into. So that's something that would involve a lot of thinking about. But can we do, can we help basically readers and publishers alike with stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And finally, we have um, thought about, ooh, do we license our recommendation technology? So do we say, um, hey, um, you're a publisher, um, here's, here are ways that, you know, you powered by the story graph, maybe like, it's kind of like, here are ways that you can recommend books that are in your catalog or in your library or in your store. So we've got a range of ideas and with authors, you know, definitely we want to have, um, services for them to manage their books and things like that. And, and maybe profiles with enhanced features sim similar to maybe the publisher idea where it's like people can follow authors and things like that. Um, Similar to just how we've done it with readers, though, we need to sit down with representatives from each of these places and figure out what's missing, what's their biggest pain point, and then go from there. That's fantastic. I know that when I was doing more acquisitions work, I would have loved to have been able to, like, show my boss the data uh -huh. <laughs> or at least to, like, look, this is extremely, you know, this is trending and it's got these keywords and this is what yes. people are interested in. Um, so that's that's could be that is the potential to be extremely helpful in my opinion from what mm -hmm. I've heard that also um momentary soapbox for publishers like remember that you need to stick with a niche to do a good job and to brand better <laughs> that's that's from me <laughs> yes. um, so what are the different ways that our listeners can engage with the Storygraph currently and I do want you to talk about the Storygraph plus program too Okay. Part of this. <laughs> so, okay. So we can do within the product and like, and like outside of the product. So within the products, we've got two things. So, uh, okay. Well, I'll start with the plus plan. So we, we are launching um, in February um, a paid offering. The As we always reiterate, the bulk of the site will be free. It always will be free. You're still going to be able to have a great experience, get personal recommendations, all that kind of thing. But if you, if you, if you're a plus member, you get, so like I said, unlimited recommendations as many times as you want, Chate, like fill out that filter menu and get perfect recommendations just for you. Um, you'll be able to do the stats comparisons. So you get a couple of extra um, charts unique just for you um, when you compare like year by year or month by month. And then there'll be similar books. And we don't have similar books yet on the website, um, but we will have a free version, which will be uh, similar to what you are used to on other websites, but hopefully ours will be really good. Um, 
And um, so you'll be able to say books similar to this one. But if you're a paid member, we want to do a personalized version. So almost prioritized based on things that you like. So what we know about you from your survey or things like that. So let's assume you're looking at a, a book, you're seeing similar books, but you also have an interest in, um, I'll use the example, um, Robbie's recently, like Witches and Wizards. Maybe there's a book within that list that features Witches and Wizards. So that will be at the top because it's not only is it similar to the one you're looking at, it also has this, this topic that you really like. So we're trying to work on that. And, and there'll also be a, a Discord, so a community forum where people can chat with other Plus members. They can talk directly to myself and Rob about what's coming up on the roadmap and weigh in there. Um, and so that is, would be a great way to engage with the Storygraph and also to help shape a bit more the, the where the product's going. We also have another community that's building slowly, which is our volunteer librarian community. So this is for if you want to help us um, tidy up our book data. Book data is a, I'm sure you know, it's just a, there's no, like, there's no, it's just a, a whole complicated space. Um, and so there's a, we now we've particularly got additions and we've got nine, 19 million books on the site. There's a lot of mess, there's a lot of things that should be the same book family, aren't different names, different authors are spelt differently, the same author, their name, two different versions of their name or more. And so we need people who uh, can help us handle that up. And it's volunteering. So we have a, an onboarding process because, you know, we need to make sure people have attention to detail and they care enough to, because it's quite, you know, important editing books on the site that all of our users are going to see. Um, but beyond that, there are no expectations on time. So you could become a librarian and then never edit a book or do anything. Uh, but we do have a Discord there too. So it's a great place for uh, people to talk about um, uh, the librarian work they're doing, ask questions, give feedback on the product. But we also have like a, a, a a, a channel where we discuss books and things like that. So it's, that's a nice community there as well. So um, we often have people saying, oh, I wanna do the plus plan, um, but I um, I can't afford it right now, or it's not for, quite for me, like, how, but I wanna help. And so we say, well, you know, really with the plus plan, we, we want that to be the avenue for, I see value in this. So, you know, it's at the minute it's pre-orders, it's um, $49.99, um, dollars, US dollars, um, and we'll see how our first year goes and what happens and how that develops. But that really, we want people paying that because they're like, I see value in this. And when it launches, we'll have a, you know, $5 a month kind of thing that you can try and cancel and all of that. But we want people to do that, not because they want to support, but because they're like, oh, I, these features look like they will enhance my reading life. So I want that. So if it's more support and help, we'd love people to, you know, become volunteers and really help improve the experience for everyone. Just giving some of their time that's incredibly valuable to us. And then outside of the story, really our Instagram and Twitter, if you use either of those platforms um, and you, you use the story graph or you're curious to know more, definitely follow us on there because on Instagram, I'll do stories now and again, pieces to camera explaining what I'm working on. I'll be do polls, I'll do question boxes and say, hey, we're thinking of doing this, that. Um, I also share my reviews there as well. So like there's a bit of like what I'm reading and that 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 element of it and connecting with people as a reader as well. And then on the Twitter, it's a similar thing. Um, there's none, none of the videos of me, but there's like, you know, there'll be questions and updates. So yeah, those are all the different ways that people kind of kind of engage, connect with the story graph, get involved with the roadmap shaping and what features are coming up next and all of that. And uh, what are your social media handles? Good point. Uh, Instagram is the dot story graph. Um, someone already had the story graph. So we've got the dot story graph. Mm. And on Twitter, it's the story graph. Just all one, one word. word. No. Yeah. 
And uh, what are you reading right now? So um, on my Kobo, I've got um, Samantha Irby. Uh, we are never meeting in real life. I've not read any of her stuff before. I've seen um, her around Bookstagram, as they as they as it's called. Um, and so I wanted some kind of lighthearted, fun, funny essays. So I've I've gone for those. I'm enjoying it. Twenty percent of the way in, and I'm about to pick up the final um, book in the Eleanor Ferrante's uh, Neapolitan novels. So. Um, I've been working my way through those slowly, read the third one not too long ago. It was excellent. And now I'm excited to see how it all wraps up. Wonderful. All right. Um, Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, that's it. All right. Uh, You can find us um, on Instagram at Hybrid Pub Scout Pod, on Twitter at Hybrid Pub Scout, um, Facebook Hybrid Pub Scout. You can go to our website and uh, get all of our notes, um, hybridpubscout.com as well. Thanks for giving a rip about books.